following audio is from Crossroads Church in West Ossipee, New Hampshire. For more information about Crossroads Church, you can go to www.crossroadsossipee.com. Hello. <clears throat> um, I had breakfast with Mr. Aaron on Friday morning before he got a COVID test. So... Um, <clears throat> I tested negative this morning, but I'm wearing a mask out of abundance of caution, looking out for you. Um, so I'll take another test in a couple of days and go back to licking all the doorknobs and, you know, back to normal. <coughs> um, I did want to, um, uh, before I get to the sermon, um, we've been talking with uh, with Daniel uh, at Bix, and um, he sent me a picture of stacks of books that he has has to read uh, for school. He is realizing that he is not in high school anymore, um, and um, so it's a it's a daunting task for him. And so we've been uh, talking about that and how how best to to tackle that and. Um, having like the last six years, I've struggled to read. That's part of my condition, which is, uh, makes my life really challenging. Um, and one of the tools that we've discovered, which I, I don't know if we live on a rock or whatever, just listening to books, the audible, uh, audio books or whatever. So, um, uh, in thinking about Daniel and reading through his stack of books, uh, I, I downloaded a, um, a audio book um, onto our account so that he could read it or listen to it. Uh, and so I listened to it yesterday as a short book. Um, it's this book, and I don't uh, don't um, I don't typically do like book recommendation from the pulpit. This book is called Knowing Scripture. This is the original editions by R.C. Sproul. The original edition was put out in 1977. Uh, if you if you get the newer edition, it mentions things like the internet and <laughs> things like that. Um, but uh, the the older version is still, you know, 1977. You're still banging rocks together. So um, uh, I read, I listened to this book being read to me yesterday, like completely. It's it's only two and a half hours or something like that. It's a very short book. This is a book every one of you need to get. Uh, this, I, I say all that to say this. Get this book and read it every year at least once. This is an absolutely fantastic tool. Um, and it is, um, we have a great uh, resource available to us as 21st century Christians called the Bible. Um, and we talked a couple of weeks ago about William Tyndale and his sacrifice for translating uh, the Bible into the uh, vernacular, to the common language. Um, and um, this, this will, I hope, motivate you all to read it, uh, this. Uh, read the Bible more, and uh, it it was just a a wonderful and refreshing thing for me. Uh, I really enjoyed that yesterday while I was in my shop or driving to the football game and back. Um, 
which is a really long drive. But um, anyway, get it, get it, get it, get it. Okay, get it. Knowing Scripture, R.C. Sproul. Knowing Scripture, R.C. Sproul. And if you like that, everything that R.C. Sproul has ever written is terrific. Really, really good. Very solid, biblically uh, reformed theology. Uh, has a lot of good things to say about um, the Reformation, about a, a lot of the guys that you hear me quote here all the time, Martin Luther, John Calvin, um, people like that. Uh, it's a great historian. Uh, he's gone to be with the Lord now, but uh, just a terrific, terrific author and makes the Bible and the, the academic part of studying the Bible very accessible. Uh, so anyway. And uh, now, for a word, that was a word from our sponsor. Um, <laughs> well, um, so we are beginning a new study this morning. We finished First Peter last week, um, and it's been our pattern as a church family over the last eight years or so. To st- <laughs> hard to imagine for me, but um, it's been our pattern to study the books written by one author um, in the orders in which they were originally delivered, not the order that they are arranged in your Bible. Um, We went all the way through all of the letters of the Apostle Paul. Um, Again, they're not arranged in chronological order in your New Testament. They are arranged um, by length, which... Totally makes sense, right? Uh, Romans was Paul's longest letter, so that is the first one in the canon of Scripture, but is by no means the first one that he wrote. can be rather confusing. Um, the, good, the good thing is we've moved on to the Apostle Peter, and his letters are numbered <laughs> one and two. So we've got a pretty good idea that they're in the right order. Um, so uh, we actually started that with the Gospel of Mark, which was Jesus' life and ministry from Peter's perspective, um, and uh, and then First Peter, and that must mean we are on to Second Peter. There's no tricks there. We really are on to Second Peter. Um, so let's pray, and then and we'll we'll jump in. Father God, we thank you so much for bringing us together as a family this morning. We thank you, Lord, for your word and how you have preserved it over the millennia. I thank you, Lord, for um, the men and women who have studied your word uh, and who have uh, written about it and shared their testimony and their research and their findings uh, with the rest of us, Lord. I pray, Father, that you would motivate us to to dig in, to know your word better, to to understand uh, how it's designed and what you're designed uh, what your design was uh, in giving it to us. Um, we thank you, Lord, for the story of redemption um, that you have recorded there in the pages of Scripture and how your word is living and active um, and still makes a difference and is fresh and new every time we read it. Lord, we pray that you would excite our spirits when it comes to opening your word, um, to hearing what you have to say. So, Lord, we pray now as we turn our attention to your word that your spirit would speak. Speak through it to us. We want to hear from you, Lord. We love you and thank you in Jesus' name. 
Amen. So again, it's our pattern um, to consider uh, the original author, the original audience, um, and the original author's intent before getting too far into our studies of any particular text. And that reminds me, before we go too far, I forgot there is a, a graphic in the computer thingy. Uh, the, yeah, no, it's in the Dropbox folder that, that I wanted to share here. Just some cross-references, nothing too major, but it should be in there. Uh, it's been a week, sorry. Um, so we're going to consider the original author, uh, the original audience, and the uh, original author's intent before getting too far. Um, so we can start. This is should be fairly easy, right? Because uh, we just finished the first letter. So second one shouldn't be too much of a mystery. We do know that the original author is Peter because his name is the first word. Uh, first two words of the letter, Simeon Peter. Um, and just as a point of interest, um, as uh, you'll see as we read this letter together that Peter uses the name Simeon Peter as opposed to, in First Peter, just said Peter. Uh, and it doesn't say Simon Peter either. It says Simeon Peter. That's not, oh, it's got to be somebody else. It's not the same guy. Well, it, it is. Um, Simeon is the, is the transliteration from Hebrew um, from Hebrew to English. Now, transliteration just means uh, there's a, a mostly equivalent letters from Hebrew to English, uh, right? So there's um, there's a Hebrew letter that that look that uh, represents P and E and A and okay, so like that. So Simeon is a is transliterated from Hebrew to English. So um, I'll give you another example of this. When we were in Jerusalem, I don't know if, if any of you others have, who have been there before, you're familiar with the Hard Rock Cafe? They, they have them here in, in the States. And they have one in Jerusalem. And they, they transliterated uh, Hard Rock into the Hebrew letters. Now, they didn't take the Hebrew word for hard and the Hebrew word for rock and write that there. That would make sense. Instead, they transliterated the words so that it's the Hebrew letters that spell out H-A-R-D-R-O-C-K. Am I, am I, am I getting there? I, I have no idea why we're really talking about this at all. I feel like I'm distracting myself. Simeon, Simon, okay, it's the direct trans, Hard Rock Cafe. So the fact that Peter wrote Simeon Peter here is a nod to the original audience of this letter who are primarily Jewish Christians, um, though Gentile believers were included as well. Uh, And chapter three, verse one tells us who the original audience was, who the original recipients of this letter were. Um, It's the exact same audience as his last letter. He's writing to the same groups of people, uh, what he called in First Peter, the elect exiles of the dispersion. Right? This is Jewish Christians that are spread out over northern Turkey. So he says, and this is this, now the second letter I'm writing to you, beloved. Okay, So 
There's our, there's our clue who he's writing to, the same people. And who are they? The elect exiles of the dispersion. Okay, this is Jewish believers who have been dispersed, scattered from Jerusalem, from their homeland, uh, and are now living in exile, uh, living as exiles in northern Turkey. Um, Peter is often referred to as the apostle to the Jews, just as Paul was referred to as the apostle to the Gentiles. Um, that doesn't mean that Gentile believers are not included. Uh, in the instruction and encouragement included in this letter. Um, but by the time this letter was written, Jewish and Gentile believers were together in one holy church. The dividing wall that, that separated Jews and Gentiles was broken down in the body of Jesus Christ, making us one holy church. And Peter wrote this letter um, in A.D. 67-68, something like that, um, shortly before his death, um, a year or two after his first letter. So the first letter was still fresh um, uh, in the minds and hearts of the church. Uh, And, of course, um, the destruction of Jerusalem came in 70 A.D., just a few years later, and things really started to change for the church then. So we have the original author, the original audience, and lastly, we have the original author's intent. Um, What was Peter trying to accomplish by writing this letter? Now, the crazy thing about this letter, and this just is, again, not that we need further proof, but this is absolutely further proof, the letter of 2 Peter, that the word of God is living and active. It's been said that it is... Uh, it's shallow enough for a babe to wade in and deep enough for a scholar to drown in. And the book of Second Peter could have been written yesterday. It, it, the themes and the things are exactly what we are facing as a people now. And in fact, in preparation this week, I listened to a sermon by one of my favorite pastors, Ray Stedman, um, and he talked about how applicable the letter was to, uh, to the day that he was preaching and how it dealt so much with what the church was facing. And it just so lined up with all of the issues that the church was facing as he was preaching that uh, sermon. If you, if you like listening to sermons, Ray Stedman, look him up. Uh, just fantastic. And it, 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 he just went talked went on talking about how um, first, uh, Second Peter could have been written to, to his church that day. And that sermon was delivered in 1968. Um, it just, it's amazing. It, it still holds up. And what Peter was trying to do is Peter's trying to guard the church against error. Um, specifically, error brought into the church by false teachers. And he did this by encouraging the church to grow in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus. Um, I said a few weeks ago um, how uh, counterfeit bills um, are, obvious, are obviously counterfeit to those who have studied the original. And that's how people are trained to recognize counterfeit, um, counterfeit bills. Knowing 
the, the genuine article makes the false uh, obvious. And that's why I say everybody get this book. Everybody read this every year because that will help you read this book and read this book every year. The number of Christians that have not read the Bible cover to cover or at least the whole of it, um, maybe not in the order it's written, but the whole of it, um, the, the percentage is actually very low. Um, so if you're interested in that, I have some reading plans that, that uh, actually make that a lot more accessible. And um, if you're interested, you can come see me after. So knowing the truth is the great solution to exposing error. A.R. Fawcett wrote, The grand antidote is the full knowledge of our Lord and Savior, through which we know God the Father, partake of his nature, escape from the pollutions of the world, and have entrance into Christ's kingdom. See, we're faced with all of the same difficulties that Peter's original audience faced. And the solution to their problem, their problems, is the solution to ours as well. The full knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, uh, did you find the thing? Okay, you want to throw that up there? Um, I put some references on the screen. This is just for for, uh, you to look up on your own. Peter mentions several different biblical accounts, um, and I thought it would be helpful to have those references so that you can look them up uh, on your own. Um, As we talk about those texts in the coming weeks, uh, you can be more familiar with what he's talking about because it just kind of like flies by. Oh, yeah, Noah, and then and then keeps moving. Um, so if you if you look up those those chapters, you can get some of that context um, and know a little bit more about what he was referencing. So that's it from me. No more from me. Let's hear from the Lord through the pen of the Apostle Peter. We're going to read the entirety of the text of Second Peter. It's three chapters long, so it should take us about five minutes. I'll try to go slow. May the Lord himself act as our interpreter this morning. Simeon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have been obtained who have obtained a faith of equal standing with ours by the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ may grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord his divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence by which he has granted to us his precious and very great promises, so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. For this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue, and virtue with knowledge, and knowledge with self-control, and self-control with steadfastness, and steadfastness with godliness, and godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love. For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For whoever lacks these qualities is so nearsighted that he is blind, 
having forgotten that he was cleansed from his former sins. Therefore, brothers, be all the more diligent to make your calling and election sure. For if you practice these qualities, you will never fall. For in this way, there will be richly provided for you an entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Therefore, I intend always to remind you of these qualities, though you know them and are established in the truth that you have. I think it right, as long as I am in this body, to stir you up by way of reminder, since I know that the putting off of my body will be soon, as our Lord Jesus made clear to me. And I will make every effort so that after my departure, you may be able at any time to recall these things. For we did not follow the cleverly devised myths when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For when he received honor and glory from God the Father, and the voice was borne to him by the majestic glory, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. We ourselves heard this very voice born from heaven, for we were with him on the holy mountain. And we have something more sure, the prophetic word to which you will do well to pay attention as to a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Knowing this, first of all, that no prophecy of scripture comes from someone's own interpretation, for no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man. But men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. But false prophets also arose among the people, just as there will be false teachers among you who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the master who brought them, bringing upon themselves swift destruction. And many will follow their sensuality. Because of them, the way of truth will be blasphemed. And in their greed, they will exploit you with false words. Their condemnation from long ago is not idle, and their destruction is not asleep. For if God did not spare angels when they sinned, but cast them into hell and committed them to chains of gloomy darkness to be kept until the judgment, if he did not spare the ancient world, but preserved Noah, a herald of righteousness, with seven others when he brought a flood upon the world of the ungodly, If by turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah to ashes, he condemned them to extinction, making them an example of what is going to happen to the ungodly. And if he rescued righteous Lot, greatly distressed by the sensual conduct of the wicked, for as that righteous man lived among them day after day, he was tormenting tormenting his righteous soul over their lawless deeds that he saw and heard. Then the Lord knows how to rescue the godly from the trials and to keep them and to keep the unrighteous under punishment until the day of judgment and especially those who indulge in the lust of defiling passion and despise authority. Bold and willful, they do not tremble as they blaspheme the glorious ones, whereas angels, though greater in might and power, do not pronounce a blasphemous judgment against them before the Lord. But these, like irrational animals, creatures of instinct, born to be caught and destroyed, blaspheming about matters of which they are ignorant, will also be destroyed in their destruction, suffering wrong as the wage for their wrongdoing. They count it pleasure to revel in the daytime. They are blots and blemishes, reveling in their deceptions. 
while they feast with you. They have eyes full of adultery, insatiable for sin. They entice unsteady souls. They have hearts trained in greed, accursed children. Forsaking the right way, they have gone astray. They have followed the way of Balaam, son of Beor, who loved gain from wrongdoing. But he was rebuked for his own transgression. A speechless donkey spoke with human voice and restrained the prophet's madness. These are waterless springs and mists driven by a storm. For, for them, the gloom of utter darkness has been reserved. For speaking loud boasts of folly, they entice by sensual passions of the flesh those who are barely escaping from those who live in error. They promise them freedom, but they themselves are slaves of corruption. For whatever overcomes a person, to that he is enslaved. For if, after they have escaped the defilements of the world through the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled in them and overcome, the last state has become worse for them than the first. For if they, for it would have been better for them to have known the way of righteousness, to have never known the way of righteousness, than after knowing it to turn back from the holy commandment delivered to them. What the true proverb says has happened to them. The dog returned to its own vomit, and the sow, after washing herself, returns to wallow in the mire. This is now the second letter that I am writing to you, beloved. In both of them, I am stirring up your sincere mind by way of reminder that you should remember the predictions of the holy prophets and the commandment of the Lord and Savior through your apostles. Knowing this, first of all, that scoffers will come in the last days with scoffing, following their own sinful desires. They will say, where is the promise of his coming? Forever since the fathers fell asleep, all things are continuing as they were from the beginning of creation. For they deliberately overlooked this fact, that the heavens existed long ago, and the earth was formed out of water and through water by the word of God. And that by means of these the world that then existed was deluged with water and perished but by the same word the heavens and earth that now exist are stored up for fire being kept until the day of judgment and destruction of the ungodly but do not look do not overlook this one fact beloved that with the lord one day is as a thousand years and a thousand years as one day the lord is not slow to fulfill his promise as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief, and then the heavens will pass away with a roar, and the heavenly bodies will be burned up and dissolved, and the earth and the works that are done on it will be exposed. Since all these things are thus to be dissolved, what sort of people ought you to be in lives of holiness and godliness? waiting for and hastening the coming of the day of God, because of which the heavens will be set on fire and dissolved, and the heavenly bodies will melt as they burn. But according to his promise, we are waiting for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. Therefore, beloved, since you are waiting for these, be diligent to be found by him without spot or blemish and at peace, and count the patience of our Lord as salvation. Just as our beloved brother Paul, 
also wrote to you according to the wisdom given him, as he does in all his letters when he speaks in them of these matters. There are some things in them that are hard to understand, which the ignorant and unstable twist to their own destruction as they do the other scriptures. You, therefore, beloved, knowing this beforehand, take care that you are not carried away with the error of lawless people and lose your own stability, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be the glory both now and to the day of eternity. Amen. There is such tremendous beauty in the living and active word of God that though these words were written 2,000 years ago, they still apply now. And what was facing the church then is facing the church now. And the solution for the church then is the same as the solution for the church now. The knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be the glory forever and ever. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, that it has been breathed out by you. That these words we have read today are your words to us, to the church across the ages. We thank you for preserving this word for us to read, even today. We pray, Father, that your word would take root in our hearts, that our love for your word would grow, because our love for you is growing. I pray, Father, your spirit would continue to work in each one of us as we think about these things that we've read this morning. I pray that you would motivate us all to continue to read this letter, to continue to study it, so that we would know you more. We love you, Lord, and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. If you would like to participate in the mission of Crossroads Church through financial support, checks can be mailed to Crossroads Church, Post Office Box 576, West Ossipee, New Hampshire, 03890.